Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tell me what's happening. This is the Pyrolite Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 51, and we are rolling in to week 9 of the NFL season. I am your host, Pyromaniac Mo. You can give me a follow on Twitter, all letters at Pyromaniac Mo. You can follow the rest of the crew from Pyromania on Twitter. That's P-Y-R-O-M-A-N, the number one, A-C. And ladies and gentlemen, today on episode 51, I am fortunate enough to have one of the voices of the Falafel House podcast, Mr. Stephen Marcus. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing very, very well. Very well. Thanks for having me on here, Mo. Very good to be here. Absolutely. You are uh, at uh, S-I-D-S-K-E-A-T on Twitter, and you, sir, are a good follow. Uh, You are part of the PFF, or I'm sorry, the uh, FF Podcast Network um, that has been so great for us. So I, I thank you for your partnership and uh, your goodwill and all your fantasy knowledge that I've been following on Twitter. So it's a pleasure to have you. Hey, no problem, man. I really appreciate that. So gracious of you to say all those kind words. I very much appreciate it. And being part of the Fantasy Football Podcast Network, that's just been great. I know you were one of the guys that helped get all that going. And so it's just been it's been really fun to be a part of that. Yeah, it's been really cool. Uh, we, you can also follow us on Facebook, uh, FF Podcast Network, and you can get links to all the cool podcasts. Of course, we did the FF Mixtape uh, earlier in the summer where you got a little snippet of all the guys' podcasts, and we're talking about doing uh, something similar coming soon, so stay tuned. But it's just a cool way for independent podcasters uh, who talk fantasy and nonsense to uh, get the word out. So it's been a good thing. And, uh, Steve, I'm kicking back here tonight with some Dogfish Head, uh, 60 minute IPA. They got a 90 minute that's, that's really tasty as well. Thought I'd take it a little light tonight. This is the Pyro Light after all. And, uh, they're out of Delaware. They're, they're one of my favorite brews IPA in particular. 
Um, what do you like in your neck of the woods for brews these days? You know, this might be a kind of a weasel answer, but uh, where I'm at, I'm actually an hour north of Chico, California, which is the birthplace of the Sierra Nevada Brewery. And so they've got a pretty famous pale ale out there and a seasonal ale that's coming out that's my favorite is their Celebration Ale. It's a bit stronger, only comes out during the winter. And so uh, I'm looking forward to uh, some of that Sierra Nevada Celebration Ale over here on my neck of the woods. Yeah, the, a celebration is good. Correct me if I'm wrong. There's also, I think, a Bigfoot ale that yep. they have. Yes, that's absolutely. A, that's, that's a good one as well. All right, guys. As you know, Pyromaniac Podcast can be found on iTunes, Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, and our beloved Blog Talk Radio. And I'm going to turn to a review very quickly from Bartnet Six, I believe, is the pronunciation. They say. These guys are awesome. By far my favorite fantasy football podcast. The conversations are great, but the best part is you feel like you're there with them. Putting down a couple of Valverdes. That's beers to you newbies. Uh, the best aspect of the podcast is the dedication these guys have to their followers. I bought the draft kit and loved it. These guys always get back to me in a timely manner on Twitter. The only con I want more. It's like an ideal interview answer. Keep rolling out the goop. Thank you, Bartnet6, and to entice fans out there to leave us a review. We recently sent out three limited edition Walter Payton sweetness posters. Now, in order to get more reviews rolling in, we're going to have a carrot for you folks out there. In fact, we got a $50 gift card to the NFLshop.com. Uh, we're going to announce the winners leading up to week 12. That should be around November 25th on the Pyro Light. All you got to do is leave us a review on any platform you find a Pyromaniac podcast. Grab a screen grab and send it on over to me, Mozambique at Pyromaniac.com, M-O-Z-A-M-B-I-Q-U-E at Pyromaniac.com. All that info is, of course, available on my Twitter, Pyromaniac Mo. All right, uh, before we get going, as always, we heard a little music on the way in. It was uh, Curtis Mayfield, a little bit of Pusher Man. And as we always do, you can hear that song in its entirety at the end of the show. So stay tuned. All right, my man, Steven. Oh, yeah. Let's talk some Vegas, man. I, I actually just put out a piece on uh, Pyromaniac that talks about how you can use Vegas game lines to influence your fantasy football decisions and essentially it's a to me it boils down to volume of opportunity so to give a, a, a synopsis i suppose you can use what vegas tells you to decide if it's going to be a running game if it's going to be more of a pass game and then obviously implied total meaning who's going to score and it's all about volume of opportunity who's going to get it is it going to be the passing game running backs and how many points are they going to score so Let's talk a little Vegas vibes here. Uh, I'm going to toss out a few games I've got my eye on, and we're going to certainly get into a lot of these players later. So I'm just going to give the gist here real quick, and then I'll kick it over to you. But uh, one I'm sort of looking at is the Chiefs. Uh, they're home to the ugh, awful Jaguars. <laughs> um, according to Number Fire, the Chiefs' are implied team total is 27.5. And they are nine-point favorites. Now, I'm going to get into this later, but that screams running game for the Chiefs. If the Jags were better, it would scream passing game. But 
I'm sort of staying away from that, although I might have a surprise pick coming up a little bit later. But that's one game I certainly want some running backs on is the Chiefs, just because they're going to score a lot of points, and it's going to be a positive game script as they're favored by nine. Another one I'm a little iffy about, though, is the Vikings running game. Uh, Lions are at the Vikings. Lions are six-point underdogs. Now, that to me it says passing, but they're only expected to score 17.5 points. Not a lot to go around there. On the other side, though, the Vikings, six-point home favorites. They're expected to score almost 24 points. Now, here's the deal, though. Detroit is kind of sneaky against the run. They've only allowed one running back to score all year. That was just last week. Only three have gone for over 75 yards, I believe, now not counting last week. Uh, Lamar Miller, he didn't even go for over 75, though, but he did score, and that's positive regression. So I still do like, even though the Lions appear on paper uh, like they're solid against the running backs, really, I think teams are just scoring before they get to the red zone on the Lions. So I still do like uh, the Vikings running game. It's going to be a positive game script. Another one that I'm all over. So again, I'm a little hesitant on the Chiefs-Jags. I like a play here or there. I like a little bit the Vikings, but I am all over the Cowboys. They are on the road traveling to Cleveland. On the road, and they're expected to score 27 points. They are seven-point road favorites. Not going to give away too much, but that's a bit of a stack alert. I'm all over the boys this week. I'm going to talk about some stack plays a little bit later. Steven, uh, what's Vegas telling you? Are you eyeballing any games this week? Absolutely. The first one that jumped off, uh, jumped out to me is definitely the New Orleans Saints at the San Francisco 49ers. It's got an over under a 52.5 total points. So this one's kind of saying that both teams are going to be putting up some points. The Saints are a four point favorite on the road. And I think they really uh, regained a lot of people's confidence when they went into Arrowhead and were able to put some points up on the Chiefs. You have Mark Ingram coming back. He was benched last week. And then you've also got, you know, the 49ers are going to have to start somebody. We will talk about that a little bit later. But these are the two worst run defenses in the NFL. So I think the running games are going to be able to be utilized in this one. I think that it's got the Saints implied point total as 28.25 points. So they're going to score. Vegas is thinking four touchdowns. I think that Mark Ingram's definitely going to be in on that. And then, you know, Drew Brees is good to pass for a couple. So that's definitely something that I'm looking at out of that game. And for the other game that I really stood out for me is the Indianapolis Colts at the Green Bay Packers, a total over under of 54.5 points. Packers are a seven point home favorite for me. That says that they are going to be up by a lot and that the Colts are going to have to throw to try and keep up and try and catch up in this game. For the Packers, I think Ty Montgomery's health is a huge factor in this one. Being that they are supposed to be up by a few points, you did assume that he's going to be the running back if he's able to play. So he's someone that you're going to want to keep an eye on, might get a lot of utilization. And all the Colts pass catchers in this game, I think, would definitely be a good play. It is supposed They're supposed to put up a bunch of points as well. And so I just think that anyone on these teams is someone that you're going to want to try and get into your lineups for this week. I am all over both those games, uh, great minds think alike. I'm sure yours is greater than mine, so I'm happy. Oh, I, don't, that, <clears throat> I don't know about that. <laughs> my, my friend, I've had uh, a lot of years of celebration that, you know. <laughs> okay, I'm, well, I'm, then maybe. I'm 40 now. Things are starting to creep up on me, and uh, <laughs> my 20s, are, are uh, I'm getting a little bit of payback. But I like all the picks there. Uh, and that New Orleans game, man. 
that sucker opened at 51 and it's been climbing and man, it opened as 27 point implied total for New Orleans. As I said, it's been climbing since. And if they're on the road and they're expected to score that much now, we all know Breeze averages 100 less yards on the road, a uh, total of seven less TDs. But goodness gracious, if they're expected to score that much on the road against a San Fran team um, passing against the passing game, only six teams are allowing fewer passing yards than San Francisco. They've allowed 15 touchdowns. And the ground game, San Fran giving up a league-high 5.1 yards per carry. Mr. Marcus, here's the the $25 million question. And you could sit on a fence because I know I am in DFS, and I'm going to (laughs) play both sides of this. Which Saints running back is it going to be? Uh, you know, we talked about this a lot on the Falafel House podcast this week, and we are all of the mind that it is set up for Mark Ingram to come back and to just have an absolutely huge game. This guy is really talented. I think that Sean Payton was really, really making a point when he said we cannot have these fumbles in these big games against, you know, potential playoff opponents. And so he fumbled that ball. He sat down on the bench. They're saying that it's going to be more of a committee going forward. I think that Mark Ingram comes into this game, starts off hot, and is just able to run with this game, you know, pun, terrible pun, and I apologize for that, but, uh, it, yeah, and it, uh, he, I just think that he's the one that you're going to want. Everyone's going to be off of him a little bit and it's because of what happened last week, but I yep. think that's just setting it up for him to have a huge game on Sunday. Well, what you said right there is why I like Ingram in GPP in, in DFS because everybody or the majority, I think, is going to be off him. I think there's going to be a lot of higher ownership. On Hightower, I think it's going to be low ownership on Ingram. And against a team that's giving up 5.1 yards per carry, I think they're going to go to Ingram. And I don't see how he doesn't have a hot hand uh, against this team. So I like that. I like uh, not playing him in cash, but I'm certainly playing him in GPP. There's a huge ceiling that he could have. And you're going to get low ownership, which you can take advantage of the field there. Um I'm even going to talk a little passing game on San Francisco's side a little bit later. Uh, San Francisco, just real quick, uh, allowing fourth most passing yards. Not that Cap is known for that, but it could lead to something uh, to be continued. The other one <laughs> you mentioned, I am all over this one like White on Rice, brother. Packers home to the Colts. They, this one opened up, I believe, as the highest of the week. There was three games that opened up over 50 points. That was the uh, Atlanta game. Versus the one we saw uh, Thursday night, New Orleans, and then the Packers opened up at 53. Packers home to the Colts. I love all sides of this. I mean, Green yeah. Bay, uh, Green Bay, give me the pass game because that's really all they have. And talk about uh, the poster boy for this show. The image, I believe, is Rodgers. I think that's going to extend. I mean, he's going to have his hand in everything because really the running game is just their short yard is passing. So I think it's setting up great for him. Certainly the health is going to be something you got to keep an eye on, right? You've got Cobb, you've got uh, Monty, you even have Cook, I think, that's been on the reports as of lately. So it's something you got to watch. But, oh, my gosh, Indy giving up the seventh most raw PPR running back points. Indy giving up the sixth most raw, and I just mean total points, to opposing quarterback and if you adjust for schedule, something 4 for 4 does that I really like, uh, they adjust for schedule and then rank it. 
they come in at 26 best, so, you know, pretty bad, against the tight end <laughs> position. So Indy is just kind of atrocious across the board to all positions, which means I love me some Mr. Rogers. But I love all guys in this one, uh, so that's one I'm really excited to see. Now, without further ado, uh, we are going to pause for a bit of a commercial break, but before we do, sir, I'm going to yes. test test your knowledge. All right. All right. Trivia question number one. And I'm going to give you some time to think about that as the folks digest as we pay the bills here in a moment. Now, Lord knows I've talked quite a bit in pyro podcasts of pass about uh, the Colts defense. I've talked quite a bit about them. Um, they're giving up the most sacks, 31, should not come as a surprise. In fact, football outsiders, they're not only giving up the most sacks, they're giving up the highest percentage of sacks, 9.3% of the time they're getting sacked, or they're allowing a sack. Which team ranks on the other end? Which team ranks the best? That is, mm. they've allowed the least amount of sacks, and just like the Colts have allowed the most sacks, and they are giving up a sack the highest percentage of time. Just like that, on the flip side of the coin, there's a team who's allowed the least amount of sacks, and they are also allowing sacks on the fewest percentage of their offensive plays. You think about that while folks at home listen to this, and we will be right back. Welcome back. Hiro Maniacs, I am joined by uh, the Falafel House podcast own Mr. Stephen Marcus. I am Pyromaniac Mo. And the question going out into break was basically who's on the other end of the spectrum from the Colts? The Colts are allowing the most sacks in the league and they are giving it up in the quickest amount of time. 9.3% of offensive snaps they're giving up a sack. Who, which team is allowing the least amount of sacks and also the least amount of time, or that is to say, the fewest percentage of their offensive plays. So, which offensive line are we talking about that's going to get some Rolexes from their quarterback this year? Uh, you know, this is this is a bit of a doozy, I think. And if if I had to guess, I would have to I would have to be, think of my buddy Kev, a Homer Patriots fan, and I have to say I rarely see Tom Brady on his back. So if I'm guessing, I'm going to go ahead and say the New England Patriots. Well, that's not a bad guess, but I doesn't got sound to, right. It, it doesn't <laughs> sound right. I, I'm going off of football outsiders here and pass protection. Number one, adjusted sack rate, just 3.4%. And Oakland has only given up nine sacks this wow. year. Football outsiders. I know. I was really surprised uh, when I saw that one as well. Um, 3.4% in nine sacks compared to Indy, 30 freaking one and 9.3. That is a huge difference. And one reason I'm going to be talking about some Packers defense a bit later, but Derek Carr, man, he's, uh, he's going to be buying some Rolexes, I fear, or I, I feel in his future. Absolutely. I must apologize uh, to Sal, our other co-host, who is the uh, resident Raiders fan there. I should have went with him instead of the other one. So I apologize. And being a Broncos fan, I tend to try to not give the Raiders any credit whenever I don't have to. So, <laughs> Well, Sal can get a bit uppity, can he? So uh... He can. Plus, you know, you got to try. He's getting up there in age, so we try to keep the blood pressure low. 
And uh, we just, yeah, he can get a little scary sometimes. So you'd like, it's good to stay on his good side. That's very kind of you to treat uh, the senior citizens uh, <laughs> with respect. Very nice of you, sir. Very nice. Although is, you did, you did let slip that you were that your age on the show, so you know you're. I must say you're not too far behind him. So Lord knows that's true. <laughs> I, uh, my hair's growing gray. It's just, it's a terror. I even when I was little, I was attacked by a dog. Now you can't really see anything, but it, it got the back of my head. But there's a scar that you could never used to be able to see. But now that I've got a receding hairline, it's like this freaking. <laughs> virtual ruler of how much my hairline is receding. Like, never used to be able to see this scar line in pictures, and now I'm not kidding you, it's like a freaking ruler on the top of my head with how much I'm going <laughs> it's, it's a curse. Uh, that's yeah. a, that, I got nothing. I got yeah, nothing. I don't even want to say anything. Thank God I'm married, because <laughs> I, I don't know what I'd be. I'd be terrible at uh, the t- tweets or swiping right or swiping left. I don't even know what the kids are doing these days. All right. Let's get into this thing, and we're going to talk streaming, first of all. So that is to say, people or players that are available on 50%, and we're using NFL Fantasy. So fantasy.nfl.com. Guys that are available, 50% of leagues or more. Now, just to do the fishbowl thing, I've been keeping track, Stephen, and I've been marking all of my picks throughout the season. Started off hot on quarterback, uh, not doing as well lately, but again, <laughs> these are guys that are only available, and I do this after waiver wires process. So they, they process Tuesday. I don't start looking until Wednesday. So after waiver wires process, so that means, for the most part, these guys should be available to you right now before week nine. Uh, but I've been doing this all year. Thus far, I would have 135.3 points. Uh, that is good enough for 10th best if you were taking my streamers right in between Tyrod Taylor and Phillip Rivers. Again, all guys are available in 50% of leagues or more. So I started off really hot. I'm still QB1, so I'll, I'll take it. Uh, yeah, not bad I, at all. Yeah. Osweiler really bit me in the butt last week. <laughs> uh, in fact, I think I owe Duke and Boy, who is also in on the podcast network, FF Podcast Network. Uh, they were all against it. At least Duke was against it in... He said if Osweiler finishes top 12, he would send me some sort of erotic picture of boy. Uh, ah. I wasn't quite sure what it was, but I'm going to have to come up with something because Osweiler and my scoring system got 9.1 against Ooh. a horrific team. But anyway, it really took its toll <laughs> on my um, seasonal average. But, hey, I'll take 10, 10th best out of guys that are available 50% or more. I want to kick it over to you. Do you have a quarterback streamer in mind that you think the folks could go out and grab right now? Uh, Yeah, I've got a couple, but uh, if I had to pick one for this week, I'm going to go out and say Ryan Tannehill against the New York Jets. Now, we have all seen and heard how bad that Jets secondary is. They're one of the worst in football, ranked 24th in fantasy against quarterbacks. And although he has had a few rough games himself, Tannehill has shown the ability to be a good spot start here and there. Reports came out this week that the coaching staff wants him to use his legs a bit more, so you could see a boost from his rushing numbers this week as well. I think that the resurgence of Jay Ajayi has really meant good things for Ryan Tannehill. I think defenses really have to respect the run now, which opens up a lot of opportunity for play action, which really hasn't been an option for them over the last few years. So I think that Ryan Tannehill could really uh, be a good fill-in for you if you're in a pinch this week. A lot of quarterbacks on by. 
I like the Ryan Tannehill call as well. I was pretty close to writing him down, maybe even going with him, but I got a few others. Now, one just to toss out there, because I almost did this in my league. Somebody outfabbed me. He, he doesn't qualify. The ownership is too high, but I do like Dak a lot this week. Yeah. If, if Dak is out there. Uh, he doesn't qualify for the 50%, but Dallas, I mean, I'm going to be talking about Dallas all night. Near, they opened with nearly a 28-point team total. Cleveland, one of just four teams that are uh, giving up an average of 20 fantasy points per game to the quarterback spot, just one of four giving up that much per game. Uh, Dak has not had a sub 17 point day since his very first start. Uh, so he's been doing sneakily well, perhaps. Now, I've kind of got it down to two and I haven't put in bold my official call yet. Maybe you can help me with my official pick, but my first one, I'm going to save my last one because I don't know if it's going to be good or not. But my first <laughs> one is Kaepernick, uh, available 90% of NFL Fantasy Leagues. Now, he's facing the Saints. They've allowed multi-touchdown games to opposing quarterbacks in four of the last five. Cap has thrown a TD in each of his two games that he's started recently. And in both outings, the man ran for 66 yards minimal. And this is why I really like him. I mean, that's basically, if you're talking passing for those touchdowns and running, you're talking a double-digit floor right there. That's not even counting passing yards, which admittedly, there aren't too many, but He's got a solid floor. Saints have uh, 10 defensive players on the pup or on IR, including six secondary players. Plus, they've got Bro, Vaccaro, and Sterling Moore, all defensive secondary players, all questionable. Saints, I, I, I just love this play against the Saints. Uh, Saints have given up four 300-yard passing games thus far. I think Cap can do it. Not only is it a bad D, but Lord knows we've seen when Cap doesn't have his first read open, maybe even his second, the man's going to drop and run. The gazelle comes out, and I think <laughs> there's some sneaky quality there uh, when he runs the ball. We've, we've seen it in the past, and I really like a running quarterback. I'm leaning his way. Let me let me just put that one on, on the kettle and let it stew for a moment. All right. Before I give you my other one, do you have any other QBs to toss out that you're kind of looking at? Uh, just really quick, and this one, you know, might get me kicked off the podcast or never asked to come back. But uh, I'm, Bring the ruckus, brother. I'm thinking maybe Nick Foles against the Jaguars at home in Kansas City. He came in last week on the road against the Colts, and he put up 16 points. And I know the Colts' defense is very bad. We talked about that in the open. But it is an NFL defense nonetheless. The Jaguars defense hasn't been great against uh, opposing quarterbacks. They rank 20th. And with Spencer Ware going to be out in this game, they're not going to be able to, re uh, to lean as heavily on the run game as I think they would like to. So this would be a really a, a desperation play more than anything. But I think that Nick Foles is a guy that could really pay off. And I don't think that he's going to hurt you much. I don't think I think he's got a higher floor than you might expect. Well, it's interesting you say him. I'm doing a with Stag Party, another pyromaniac guy, and, uh, and some other Twitter folk out there. I'm doing a best ball mid-season draft right now, and the conversation came up about dropping Macklin, uh, the pros and cons. I think it was Macklin versus Starks, and we were kind of arguing the pros and cons. One of the pros, though, was just that, was the, the Foles aspect that he kind of just that man's he's going to toss it up. And if you heard Macklin 
Macklin was saying, like, hey, we're not missing a beat. We know. Uh, now, I don't know if he was just trying to pump up his quarterback and get him motivated and feel as though the confidence is there, but he was basically saying, we're not missing a beat uh, from Smith to Foles. He can put it up. I've got all the confidence in the world in him. And like you say, although West is a great pickup this week, he, he might not be able to fill Ware's shoes, and Reed may not be able to run like he hopes to, and it could very well be a Foles game. Uh, that, that's not a bad one. It's interesting you bring it up just because we had been talking about it lately. I do believe Andy Reid, though, he's going to try to get it done in the ground game and perhaps play defense. But that mm-hmm. falls kind of a wild card. You know, we, we haven't really seen much of him this year in, in this incarnation. Um, so kind of a wild card there. Uh, I still like KC for the ground game. I think they're going to go with that first, but you never know. You never know. Now, I, I do agree. I did. I've got. I've got some more KC talk coming up later. So, I like I said, it would be a desperation play, but I don't think it's one that's going to necessarily hurt you. Well, I like it when we, we talk a many quarterbacks because, heck, all leagues are different, and we're using NFL Fantasy 50% or more. Some leagues, some of these guys aren't available. Every league's different, so I like it when we throw out as many as possible. I do like the Fool's Call. I, I agree it's a bit more of a desperation, um, but... High boom bust kind of a play, I think. Uh, you could certainly go very low, or you know, I think he could even inch towards maybe a twenty point game if that's you know boom with a lowercase b, perhaps. Uh, <laughs> my guy, so I'm going. You got to help me out here, Steve. I'm going between Kaepernick, who I really like for the for the legs. That's where I think he's going to get it. Plus, he's facing a terrible Saints D. Yep. My other guy, Case Keenum. Uh, oh. he's a, he's available. Listen to that. I got, I'm, I'm backing it up here, buddy. 99% available. So Lord knows he's probably available. Rams are home to the Panthers. Now, Keenum, he's passed for at least 270 yards in his last three games. In that time, four passing touchdowns. In that time, he ranks 14th best among quarterbacks for points per game. That's the last three. Now, a lot of that has to do with demolishing a bad Detroit team. Detroit does indeed, as much as I hate to admit it, uh, I am a Motown man, I am a Detroit fan, uh, Detroit does indeed surrender on points per game basis, the most fantasy points to the position. But guess what? Keenum faces Carolina. They are surrendering the third most. Now, Carolina is a funnel D, meaning... Against Carolina, it's going to be tough to run, but teams are more apt to throw because they're not very good in the secondary. When you adjust for schedule, as 4 for 4 does, they're a top five against the running back position. So we've seen the woes from Jeff Fisher's running game this year. We probably aren't going to be able to run against them. They're going to have to pass, and you can do that easily. They are bottom five. When you adjust for schedule, Carolina is bottom, I'm sorry, bottom seven against quarterbacks, against wide receivers, and against tight ends. They are rolling out the red carpet for you to pass against them. In fact, against tight ends, when adjusting for schedule, they are the worst, according to 4 for 4. Carolina has surrendered six, I'm sorry, 363 passing yards to Palmer, 465 to Breeze, 503 passing yards to Matt Ryan. I understand those are studs. Blaine Gabbert put up over 20 fantasy points against Carolina. Finally, this D is banged up. Luke Keekley, 
questionable. The man has not practiced all week. He did not practice Thursday. Did not practice Friday. That does not bode well, especially when they don't practice Friday. They're starting strong side backer. He's already ruled out. As is three of their down linemen and two secondary guys. That are, now, they're not starters, but they're guys that play minutes. Uh, they have an additional defensive end questionable, Daryl Worley. Their corner is questionable. I'm just saying they are banged up, and you can do it in the air against this team. And we've seen Keenum lately do fairly well. So, did I sway you? Help me out here. Make make my official pick for me. Did I sway you with my Keenum stats, or is it just safer to go with Kaepernick? He's going to get you the, the, the points on the ground at the very least. Uh, what do you think? Well, you know, I got to say, I don't hate the Case Keenum pick at all. I can say that I've got written down for some future talk here. Uh, I've got some Case Keenum coming up. So I really? don't hate that. It's not as crazy as it as it might have sounds. Like you said, you just gave all the evidence that you could ever want to show that the Panthers are bad against the pass. I think if you're leaning one way or the other, though, I would have to go with the 49ers with Colin Kaepernick because they're uh, so, you know, they're projected to score some more points in their game. I think they might have a better chance of playing from behind. The Rams can be a sneaky team, especially playing at home, whether that's in St. Louis or L.A. Teams seem to have a problem playing there. So it, I would be leaning towards Kaepernick because he gives you that extra, that extra push off off the ground, you know, him running. So yeah. I would be leaning Kaepernick, but I don't hate Case Keenum at all. Well, I like it. Uh, you've heard it here, folks. I'm going with Kaepernick. It's my official pick. And Steve, I got to tell you, I, I kind of like this process because if it hits, I'm going to take all the credit. And if it doesn't, <laughs> I'm just going to, you know, throw you under the bus. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, it's, it uh, feels like I'm riding my own podcast here. <laughs> all right. All right. Good deal. This is working out well. All right. Um. Well, let's roll on to the tight end position. Uh, just a look in the rear view mirror. Uh, not only is that rear window, I was going to say not only a great Hitchcock movie, but that's rear window. Something I'm going to do right now in the podcast. Look back, uh, as to my tight end picks. If you were to listen to me, Pyromaniac Mo, and grab the tight ends that I have mentioned on a week in, week out basis, and I did this one on a, a points per game here because week five, Virgil Green, uh, I said, quote, needs to be cleared Saturday. Then, of course, he was out. So I've got to do this one on a points per game basis. I would be right behind Kelsey with the sixth best tight end. Wow. Um, now I'm doing, right. pretty, doing pretty well with tight end, if I don't Absolutely. say so myself. Um, I've got three written down, although... One is uh, perhaps doesn't qualify, but I got three written down, one for sure. Um, why don't you start us off? Which tight end do you think the folks could grab and uh, plug into their offense and play? All right. Well, I think that this week it's got to be uh, Eric Ebron. Although the, yeah. they are playing against the Vikings, uh, the Vikings have been middle of the pack against tight ends this season, ranking 14th against them in fantasy. I think that Ebron's still going to have a solid day here, regardless of that. He missed three weeks before returning last week. He had seven catches and almost 80 yards. And what I like about him is that in each of the games that he has played, he's caught at least four passes. So he seems to have a little bit of a floor in a position where that does not always seem to be the case. He is owned in just under 15% of the league, so he's widely available. Nicely used piece of the Lions offense, an offense that throws the ball a lot. And I think that they're going to have to throw the ball to uh, 
to try and beat this Vikings defense. I don't think they're going to have much luck on the ground. I don't think they have much of a run game as it is. They use Theo Riddick a lot in the passing game. So I think that Eric Ebron back from this injury is a very solid play, even though they're going up with a, against a tougher defense. You know, that that's my official pick as well. I'll, I'll talk about Ebron here and back you up. Uh, just real quick, two other guys that I don't think officially count. I know Gates does not count, uh, but he's out there, and I just have Gates love. Um, <laughs> I, I do. But uh, he's accumulated 19 targets in the last two games in the last three weeks. He's the most targeted tight end in the NFL. Scored a touchdown in three of his last five. Hunter Henry's been officially ruled out. Um, I had all these notes about how he missed practice here and there, but I think it just came out today that he is officially ruled out. So Gates is going to get a lot of the play there. Uh, I didn't add it up last week, but I know the two weeks before he led the team in air yards, which is sort of uh, expected yards. So every time he was thrown at, if he would have caught 100% of the balls, that is the air yards. And in two of the last three weeks, he has led the team. So, you know, they're going to an, him often and I love the the narrative street where he could possibly possibly uh, get the tight end touchdown record this year Rivers has already talked about it uh, before the season started so I think that is motivation I just love a Gates uh, Witten, <laughs> Witten's another guy now technically on fantasy.nfl.com he's available in 55% but I'm not going to take it because I think it's kind of a low-hanging fruit uh, but he does face a horrendous Cleveland D. I said I'm going to have Cowboys love. I am all over this team this week. It, it's I've, I've alluded to it. It's going to be my stack play. Expected to score the Cowboys. Expected to score nearly 28 points on the road. So that means if it was at home, they'd be expected to score even more. Uh, against the position, the Cleveland Browns have given up the second most points per game. Uh, I mentioned Gates, that he was tied, I believe, for, if I didn't say tied, he is tied for the most tight end red zone targets. Well, he's tied with Kelsey and Witten, if you believe it or not. But here's the part I really like for Witten. Gates and Kelsey both have three red zone touchdowns, where Witten only has one. I dare say I smell positive regression a coming. <laughs> And I think Witten could um, benefit from the positive regression. I think he could score, and they're going to be scoring a lot of points. Um, Ebron is indeed my official pick. Like you said, uh, I'm backing you up 85% available. Uh, a big part of the offense since he's come back, you know, he's banged up quite a bit. But after mm -hmm. returning to the lineup, I think he missed three games, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um he had like 10 targets last week, which is just fantastic for coming back. I thought I was a little hesitant to play him just because he had been out. And boy, they went right to him. Six point underdogs. Again, read my Vegas piece, but that talks uh, that smells of negative game script that smells of passing. They're going to have to pass. Now, we all know Stafford is not afraid to toss it up there. The one thing that scares me, maybe two things. They've got a low implied total, so there's not a lot of opportunity for touchdowns. They're just not expected to score that many. Also, it's got to scare you a little bit about the Vikings. However, we saw last week maybe a chink in the armor, perhaps. The Vikings didn't live up to, well, the Vikings. Um, Zach Miller put up 15.8 against them in PPR formats, and that was without a TD. Now, here's another thing. Minnesota, just one of three teams that's not allowed a tight end touchdown. But I just talked positive regression. We saw it last week with Evans. 
He's been getting a lot of targets and he scored or last night, I guess, yeah. uh, scored touchdowns. It's been coming. It's been due. Uh, we saw it last week, Detroit. And I mentioned earlier on paper, they look good against the run. Like they, before last week, they'd allowed zero running back scores, but positive regression. It's going to regress to the mean. And I think just because Minnesota is showing you they haven't allowed a tight end touchdown. I don't think that means you should be fearful. I honestly think that means you should expect touchdowns to come. It's going to regress to the mean. And for how much Ebron is used in this offense, I think he has perhaps one of, if not the best, opportunities to do it. Uh, I am deathly afraid of their secondary. So I'm <laughs> I'm fading guys like Marvin Jones and uh, Tate and, and some of those other guys. You know, Captain Munnerlyn. Xavier Rhodes, those secondary guys are phenomenal. But against tight ends, surprisingly, Minnesota's just middle of the pack. Uh, against wide receivers, they're phenomenal. Against run, they're phenomenal. Tight ends are middle of the pack, and that's where they can get it done. Regression's going to happen. I think he's going to have the best chance. I'm all over Ebron this week. He's my official tight end play. Any other guys to toss out there? You want to move on to the defense? Uh, just really quick, I think if Dwayne Allen comes back, I think you'd want to start him. And if not, then Jack Doyle. I'd be starting the Indianapolis tight end against the Green Bay Packers this week. Yeah, I'm, uh, I think I wrote him down earlier. He was my fade last week, and that paid off well, but I'm back on him, uh, this week. And again, that's the, with that caveat, depending on the health status there of, uh, Dwayne Allen. Uh, but I do, if indeed Dwayne Allen's out, I, I like that Jack Doyle call. I like that game a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And just real quick, like you said, with the positive regression, even against that Viking secondary, Alshon Jeffrey had not scored a touchdown all year, even gotten to the end zone against that Viking secondary. So not just because they haven't allowed one yet, I totally agree, does not mean you have to sit everybody against them. Right. And you, you got to pick and choose. There are weak chinks in the armor. I think we saw a little bit with Zach Miller. If you look at the, the points against, tight end has been able to do the most damage. And, you know, a lot of people, it's interesting how you look at it. It's, you know, uh, perception is is a lot of what we see in this world, obviously. Uh, but perception is a lot of what you see in fantasy. A lot of people will see zero touchdowns allowed and fear that. But a lot of times, depending on the situation, I might say, well, it's going to regress to the mean. They're due. Uh, a touchdown is due. So I think that's the case in this situation. Moving to defense, uh, rear view mirror, looking back, I've got 43 total points in between Atlanta and Chicago. I would be 10th best again. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. 50% <laughs> available. Uh, so I believe I'm 10th quarterback, 6th tight end, and uh, 10th defense. If you were taking my calls, 50% available, that's where you'd end up. Defensively, it's an interesting week. I got I got two that I've listed one that I'm really back in. Uh, yeah. who, who do you like, Steve? I've got two I've listed two, and one of them might be a little bit of a cheapy favor without a favor without a favor without a favor with their matchup last week against the Patriots, but that is the Buffalo Bills available in our uh, just 49.5% owned. So barely underneath that threshold. They are going up against Seattle on Monday night, and I am just not a big fan of Seattle's offense right now. I keep blaming Russell Wilson's woes on his marriage and thinking that he's just gotten a little too, maybe a little too hefty over the offseason, and now it's affecting his quarterback play. He's just not been the same guy. I know he's been dealing with a lot of injuries. 
Uh, I we just keep waiting for his breakout game. Maybe we, we thought it was you know going to start turning around against the Jets, but no, he's been terrible since then. And until I see him do something on the field, I don't have a problem starting defenses against the Seattle team. He's uh, Christine Michael has been pretty good, but he is not carrying that team all the way. He's not you know. He's not somebody that I fear that I'm going to worry about tearing my defense to shreds. So this Buffalo defense has been a really highly ranked defense. They've been very solid. And so I thought to find them under less than 50% owned is a good chance to add them and going up against this Seattle offense that just has not looked very good so far this season. Yeah, Seattle offense, that offensive line, uh, like you say, when all else fails, you can blame the marriage. Uh, <laughs> But that Seattle line, uh, we knew this was coming. You know, they, they didn't have anybody left after the, the Super Bowl team. They were shipping all of their offensive line out. That's the one position they've gone cheap on. They, they've hit in the draft everywhere else. But it's finally kind of come back to bite them in the butt. They have not invested there. Uh, they are football outsiders, offensive line ranking for adjusted line yards. So that really just basically ranks running back offensive lines or how an offensive line does against the run. They're rated. 27th. Uh, so it's really taking its toll on this team. And of course, the injuries. When Cap gets into trouble and he might even drop the ball a bit quicker than he should uh, and run, he's, I think, does quite well because of the injuries. We, we've seen Russell not able to do what we've grown accustomed to him doing. And the offense is in a bit of uh, turmoil right now, like you say. Um, I'm going to start with my, my, the one that I'm really loving. And I, I said this before, I'm all over this game. <laughs> this might surprise folks though. Um, now there's a couple here. I honestly, I, I thought about just talking about Dallas, uh, because I, I do love them. But, uh, depending on who Cleveland starts, it could be interesting for the defense. However, I, I think that's a solid play. I've got another one, but the one I'm really all about, the Packers, 70% available. They're home mm. to Indy. Now, <clears throat> I went out and got these guys last week because I saw Indy. I started, I think it was last week, I started the defense against Indy, and I locked up this week as well. I've been eyeballing Indy for a particular reason, uh, defenses that play against Indy now. Pack, as we talked about at the top, home to Indianapolis. We said it's the highest over-under, at least when the game opened. It opened at 53. Now, that's going to scare off a lot of people, but I got to say, uh, Stag Party, uh, one of the, the leading minds at Pyro, he did an interesting study last summer, and he broke down all of defensive scoring, and I used to be of the mindset that if you've got a low implied team total for one team, then I want the defense going against that team. But that's not really where fantasy scoring comes from. Over 50% of fantasy scoring defensively comes from sacks and interceptions. So here's the deal. If you've got a high over-under and Green Bay is seven-point favorites, that spells opportunity. Opportunity meaning it's necessity for the Colts to pass. There's going to be a lot of points. They're going to be down. They're going to have to pass to stay in this game, and that's where defensive points happen. That's where, in this case, Andrew Luck is vulnerable. Indy is allowing the second most quarterback hits, 61. And even though you don't register quarterback hits in fantasy football, can't you just see interceptions happening because your quarterback is getting banged up, uh, not making as good of decisions, having to feel flustered, having to feel rushed, making poor choices, 
and also quarterback sacks, maybe even fumbles. All of that can be generated from the quarterback hits. Green Bay, defensively, 19 sacks. That's 11th most against a team who's allowing the quarterback to be hit the second most. Football Outsiders gives Indy an adjusted sack rate of 9.3. We already had the the, the question. Worst <laughs> in the league. Uh, add raw totals to that. 31st worst in the league. I, I like the opportunity for the Packers to score a lot of points from the sack, from the interceptions, from turnovers. So I'm all about the Packers. Got one other one, but who else are you eyeballing this week? Uh, what I have written down here is the is a, one you already mentioned was the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Only owned in 25.2%. I've written down they're playing Cleveland. Do I really need to say much more than that? Right. And I, I do think it's going to depend on which Cleveland quarterback. Uh, I don't think it's been officially stated, but I, I may be mistaken. Uh, but I do like the Dallas D a lot. Um, if I didn't have the Packers already as my pick, I would go with Dallas. I, I I'm back in the Packers because I got him in my league of note, and I do <laughs> think I do think they might outscore uh, Dallas. But I do like the Pack, or I'm sorry, Dallas a lot as well. I also like, <clears throat> excuse me, Baltimore. 85% available. Big Ben. Here's some interesting ones on Big Ben. On the road against Baltimore. His home road splits, we know, are not as good. <clears throat> I went and did the math. His quarterback rating falls by 10 points when he's on the road. Now, when he throws, throws a touchdown at home every 17 attempts. I rounded down, I believe. Every 17 attempts, he throws a touchdown. On the road... Every 23 attempts, he throws a touchdown. At home, interceptions, once every 41. On the road, once every 34. Now, specifically, I think I got this one from Rotowire. The last one, I actually took out a calculator and did the math. Uh, <laughs> but from Rotowire, on the road, Baltimore, specifically, he has been uh, plus-minus ratio of negative 10.5. Finally, it generally takes him a bit uh, when coming back from an injury last year, when he came off an injury, he only scored 11.48 DraftKings points and tossed three interceptions. That was from Rotoviz. Excuse me, Rotoviz. Only four teams have more picks than Baltimore. So particularly Baltimore in this specific game against Big Ben, when he's coming back from injury, when it's at Baltimore, I like the Baltimore D. Yeah, I would just say on top of that, um, you know, you look at the the over under for that game and for, you know, the Steelers, a very high flying offense, the total for that game is only 43.5. The implied total for the Steelers is only 20.5. And they're actually an underdog in this game to the Ravens. So, I mean, that's the Vegas is telling you that they don't think that, you know, they think that the Ravens have a really good chance to win this game. And I don't think it's going to be because their offense is able to keep up with the Steelers. I think it's going to be because their defense is able to hold them in check. Yeah, I I agree 100 percent. I think this is just the perfect time that you can play them. Uh, but again, I love the Dallas call and I'm going with the Packers officially. But lots of good defenses that I think you can pick up this week and play. Before we get to some other positions that you can pick and flick, that is, pick up off the waiver wire and flick into your lineup, I got trivia question number two. All right. On a points-per-game basis, Le'Veon Bell comes in at number two on PPR scoring systems. I use FF today. So, Le'Veon Bell comes in at number two on a points-per-game basis. 
My question to you, though, now this is either going to be an easy one or it's going to be a hard one because you haven't really looked, or he's not on any of your teams. <laughs> he is number two on points per game, but my question to you is how many touchdowns does Levy and Bell have this year? Think about that as you listen to this, and we shall be right back. Thank you for bearing with us by Romaniacs. Um, before we give you tonight's answer, just wanted to remind folks, in order to dominate your league, you should become a Pyro Pro member. You can join for a week, a month, or a full year. You get the news feeds. You get rankings, which include our heat index. You get access to the resource toolbox. And, of course, you get access to the mindshare, which is something we call second opinions. You can ask us questions. Uh, 24 hours a day, we get back to you with a quickness. Uh, the fantasy news feeds are really ramping up. We got more guys working on them. Uh, that includes basically stats, information, who's starting, who's benched, and then we also add something called the fantasy goo, which is basically what you can do with that information and how you can use it in your fantasy league. That is at pyromaniac.com. Check out how to become a pyro pro. All right, before we went to break, I talked about Levian Bell. He's number two on a points per game basis in PPR formats. My question though, the man has 99 touches in four games. How many touchdowns does he have? I'm going to say a zero. That is indeed correct. Zero touchdowns. Now, this is one I think you either know because you have them or you don't because you don't. Uh, but I was surprised that not only that he has zero, but that he's actually number two on a points per game basis with zero touchdowns. Four games. 99 touches. I mean, goodness gracious. Uh, you talk about some positive regression. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, you're talking about all that positive regression. Another guy that fits into this is someone that I'm a, a big fan of. Before last week, which he was on a bye, Dennis Pitta was a top 10 tight end, and he has been able to hold that spot with zero touchdowns so far this season, too. So he falls, uh, as of right now, in half, PP, half point PPR scoring. He's tight end 16 but he does not have a, t a touchdown yet on the season. So I think positive regression for him you think is going to be coming. He's somebody that I like for a strong second half of the year as well. Yeah, those are guys that I like that are getting the majority of their fantasy points from yards. And if you look at guys around them, uh, I think I have one, another one of these guys I'm going to talk about a bit later. In fact, I know I do. Uh, where they're getting a majority of their points are doing well fantasy, but you look over in that touchdown category because let's be honest, that's – for the most part, that's where fantasy scoring comes. So if you are doing well, like Pitta, like a guy I'm going to talk about here, like Le'Veon <laughs> Bell, without scoring, man, grab those guys because, again, it's going to come. It's it, You're going to regress to the mean. It may not come in bunches. may not come as much as maybe years in the past, but it will come. And when it does, it's going to be that much better. Those are the guys I like to target. So uh, touche pointing out Mr. Pitta. Yeah. We're going to hit the pick and flick, guys. You can pick up off the waiver wire and flick. It's basically streaming, except you don't refer to running backs and waiver wires as streaming for some sort of fantasy football reason. It's the same business, though. So we're talking about guys that are available 50% of fantasy.nfl.com leagues. The running back position, this one's certainly harder, I think, to hit. Um, I'm running back, too, if you were to go back. Now, this one, I, I've started to, I think, learn... From my mistakes early on, I was 
I did well early on. Even had a Fozzie Whitaker with 14.1 points in week two, baby. <laughs> yes, right. I, I called Fozzie when he hit for 14.1. Had some good ones, but I learned early on, though, I would often mention a couple guys and then only pick one. And then, of course, you know, that's not the one that hits. Not the one. Right. So I'm still kind of debating on who I'm going to go with. But thus far, uh, 105.3. So that would be running back 16, right in between Christine Michael and Gio Bernard. All right. Running backs, sir. There's there's a lot, honestly, to be to to be had that are available. Uh, which running backs do you like? Is there one you like above the others? Uh, who are you thinking? Uh, absolutely there is. And I think for this week, it's going to be, uh, Sharkandrick West, 31% owned. He was the highest added running back of the week. And I think for good reason, uh, when we were talking about Nick Foles, we talked about Spencer Ware and how he was officially ruled out today. So the Sharknado is going to be the guy this week. And if we remember last season when he came in to fill in for Jamal Charles, when he tore his ACL, West actually did a really good job. He kind of set the league on fire. As we know, he's got a skill set to put up some very solid fantasy production for your team. In week seven through nine last year, before getting injured himself, West was averaging over 20 carries a game, almost 100 yards a game, and had four touchdowns in that span. So we know that he can do it when given the opportunity. With so many teams on by this week, I think that he's an instant plug and play. I picked him up in as many leagues as I could going up against 20th ranked Jaguars run defense. So I think he's a guy that you can safely pick up and plug into your lineup instantly. Yeah, I mean, look at last uh, against Tennessee, right? Both Murray and Henry put up over 17 fantasy points, uh, five touchdowns last three weeks. Uh, I am all over. Charkandrick West. In fact, I've got him in my league of note, and I have Ware, but of course Ware is officially out. Another one folks are talking, uh, Hightower. Uh, I'm throwing it out there. He's 74% available on Fantasy as of today. I believe I looked that one up. Saints have nearly, we've talked about a 29-point implied team total on the road. Uh, so normally they would be expected to score even more if they were at home. When you adjust for schedule, 49ers are dead last against opposing running backs. As I said earlier, giving up a league high 5.1. Only four teams have allowed four digits in rushing this year. That means only four teams have allowed over a 1,000 yards in rushing. San Francisco has allowed <laughs> nearly 1,300 thus far. Brutal. It is pretty brutal, but again, I do like what we talked about earlier. I like the Ingram pivot on GPP plays. However, we're not talking daily fantasy at this point. We're talking guys available on the waiver. Hightower's one of them. I got one more I'm going to toss out. Uh, McKinnon, 65% available. We talked about this at the beginning a bit. I like, this was one of those games that the Vegas was lighting up. Like, it should be a good one. But just doing a little bit more research, I didn't really like anything. I didn't really like the implied team totals. I didn't like uh, the opposing defensive rankings. The only thing I really liked there was, I suppose, the the ground game for the Vikings. Vikings six-point favorites. That means that you're going to have positive game script. And as I said, positive regression. It's no secret. The Detroit Lions are not good on defense. It's just they look good against the running position because they allow scores from further out. So a lot of times teams don't get in the red zone in order to score with the running back because they've already scored. Uh, we saw that come to an end last week with Lamar. I think McKinnon could do it and, and possibly in as you got to, you got to keep your eye on this one because McKinnon's been on the, 
uh, reports this week, although I believe he's going to be good to go. Uh, but he's 65% available. So out of those three, I'm certainly going with West as my official pick. Uh, any other guys you're eyeballing out there? Uh, just somebody real quick is Darren Sproles. He's only owned in 39.6% of leagues. Uh, I think some people might be a little worried about what Doug Peterson said this week about how Ryan Matthews is still the guy. I would not pay attention to that. Pay attention to what you saw happen and play out in the game last week where Matthews only got eight snaps. Uh, Sproles has out-snapped Matthews by 113 this season. And like I said, he out-snapped him by 62-8 to eight last week in that game. So Sproles is a guy that I believe is going to be leaned on heavily for the Eagles and somebody that I think at least needs to be owned, even if he's someone you're not going to put right away in your lineup. you got to get him on your team at least because he is getting the uh, he's getting time. He's getting playing time, and that always can lead to production. So get him on your team at the very least. Yeah, now when you almost expect uh, regression to happen the other way because Matthews, he's not getting many opportunities he's not getting the touches he once did but he's scoring yep. a lot of touchdowns that's going to come to an end it just has to so that's going to regress to the mean the other way and like you say you look at opportunity Sproles is the man right now that's getting the opportunity on that team uh moving over to the wide receiver spot if you were to add up all of my guys doing a little bit better with the wide receiver again this is tough because you're only talking about guys that are 50 percent available uh, I would be 12th best right now between Terrell and OBJ if you had followed my wide receiver picks. I got two written down. I got one I am absolutely going with, but I'm going to kick it over to you, Steve. Uh, which wide receivers? If I didn't say wide receiver earlier, it is wide receivers. Which wide receiver are you looking at? I am looking at Quincy Anunwa, 22.8% owned. Another one where I don't understand how he's not owned in a higher percentage here, especially with the week that he just had against Cleveland where he had 93 receiving yards and a touchdown. I know he cooled off a bit after his big week two against Buffalo and that Ryan Fitzpatrick has really hindered his production in a few weeks leading up to this recent outburst. But again, he's a legit wide receiver too on a team whose defense is not great. So they're going to have to throw the ball a lot each week. Facing a, Dol a Dolphins secondary this week that went, ranks 26th against wide receivers, I think he's an instant start this week against the Dolphins. I think that you should get him in your lineup as fast as you can. I'm glad you went with the Nunwa. I was running out of time. We had uh, guests coming over. I had a Nunwa down. I was going to review him and look up some stats, but I ran out of time. So <laughs> I'm glad you you talked about him. Uh, my official pick is T. Williams, Terrell Williams, 65% available. Chargers, they're home. And expected to score nearly 26 points. Philip Rivers. This man leads the NFL and not by a small amount. I'm talking by miles. He leads the NFL in red zone targets. 63 red zone targets for Mr. Rivers. Second most Aaron Rodgers with 48. Williams himself is tied for eighth most red zone targets amongst all pass catchers, wide receivers catching passes, tight ends and running backs, except he has Zero touchdowns. This has been a theme of the night. Positive regression. There's no way somebody who gets this many red zone targets on a team that throws in the red zone this much has zero TDs. That is not going to stay. There's going to be a lot of points to be had. I think Terrell Williams is money in the bank this week. Any other wide receivers to toss out? Uh, a really more of a dart throw is the guy that I've been liking the last few weeks, and that's Tyreek Hill. He's got a touchdown in each of his past two games, but I don't know if that can happen again because he's not uh, a really a volume guy. 
but it's somebody that could, if you're in a really, really big pinch this week, he's somebody that has been uh, popping up on the radar every now and again. Really, really fast guy in Kansas City, so I, I've been liking him, and have been. Uh, I actually picked him up and played him last week, and that really paid off for me. So it's someone that I've been keeping an eye on as well. Goodness gracious, man! Do you ever see those uh, like long lost film, like long lost twins, and they have these studies like <laughs> they marry the woman of the same name, they get in the same job, uh, they they have all these remarkable similarities. You and I might be <laughs> one of those cases because I kid you not, I've got Tyreek Hill. I really didn't expect anyone to say that. Uh, over ninety five percent available. I too was on him last week, started him in DFS. <laughs> right. uh, I, I liked it because of the matchup, and let me tell you about the matchup this week. The man is going to be going up against Devon House, according to PFF. Now they, and currently, they have ranked one hundred and twelve cornerbacks. Last week I think it was one hundred and fifteen. This week it's one hundred and twelve. Out of 112 cornerbacks that they've ranked, Mr. House comes in at 105. According to Pyro's positional points against, Jacksonville is giving up the fourth most fantasy points per game to wide receiver twos. Tyreek Hill is indeed a great call, sir. Uh, Kudos to you on that one. Well done. All right, all right. So, Tyreek Hill... Quincy Inunwa, and then Terrell Williams is my official call. Now, uh, let's roll right on over to DFS. And, of course, before we do, let's see if we can squeeze in another trivia question for the All good right. folks at home and for you. Trivia number three. Of course, in a league where we look at who is best, but that also means there's got to be a worst. So, talked. A little bit about this, I think, already. Uh, so if you've been paying attention at home and been keeping notes, I think you might have been able to get this one. Not quite sure. But which team has the least amount of interceptions on the defensive side? Which defense has had the least amount of interceptions? This is a toughie. Think about that while you listen to this, and we'll be right back. Welcome back, Pyromaniacs. Uh, We're starting to get into our DFS talk, and so just a perfect time to remind you that fantasy sports fans are winning huge cash prizes every day at DraftKings.com, America's favorite place to play daily fantasy sports. Daily fantasy means no season-long commitments. Play whenever you want. Just pick your sport and draft your team. It's like a whole new season every time you play, so you're never stuck with the same players. Over $1 billion will be won at DraftKings.com this year, and you could be the next big winner. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter the promo code PYRO, P-Y-R-O. If you're a new user to DraftKings, you will receive a deposit matching bonus for up to 600 bucks, and you get a free $3 game voucher. That's on DraftKings.com, promo code PYRO. All right, Mr. Marcus. I said before the break, uh, defensively, which team has had the least amount of interceptions thus far? I'm going to say the Indianapolis Colts. Goodness gracious, man. Now, I don't remember if I actually said this when I was talking about Green Bay or my love for Rodgers, but you indeed are correct, sir. The Colts only have two. Bum, 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 bum. Two. Interceptions. Now you got a bunch with three. Texans have three. Jags have three. 
Dolphins, Saints, and Steelers. All teams at the bottom of the barrel with three, but the Colts are the worst of the worst with only two INTs. All right, guys, we're talking DFS, man. And uh, DFS, I score a little differently. Uh, you just can't score it by points. You could always pick real high-priced guys, I suppose, and then you're going to most likely score a lot of points. So predominantly, Steve, I play uh, DraftKings. And on DraftKings, if you, you shoot for 3x value. So let's say for every uh, $1,000, I want to get three points. So if I have a guy that's worth $5,000, I want to score 15 points. Now, doesn't mean you can score more, of course, and uh, on lower-end guys, 4x value is probably what you want. You're going to be in the money. But if you can get 150 points, chances are that's 3x value off your total allotment. If you can get 3x value, you're going to be in the hunt. You're going to be right there. So 3x is kind of what you're shooting for. So I've done the math uh, thus far. I've had a lot of picks, so I, I'm loading up more picks per week usually. Not always, but more picks per week usually. And at the quarterback spot, I'm shooting for 3x value. I am 2.85 if you did the math. Uh, I got a few jotted down here. And uh, who are you thinking at the quarterback spot for a daily fantasy play? Uh, for a DFS play, I've got Andrew Luck here. He's 6,700 on DraftKings, 8,000 on FanDuel. A little bit pricey, but he is going against the 17th worst defense. I know you talked about how much you like that Packers defense, and you're right. I mean, I do not disagree with any of the points that you made, but I do think that they are going to have to pass a lot in this game to try to keep up. So although that might lead to an interception that could be run back for a touchdown, the touchdown being run back does not hurt Andrew Luck any more than the interception. So I think that he's even though he might have those negative plays, I think he can get uh, a few touchdowns as well to this Green Bay defense has allowed three touchdown passes or more uh, to opposing QBs in three of their seven games. The defense is so bad for the Colts, like you said. You know the Packers are going to put up points. I think Andrew Luck is going to have to throw in this one a ton. So I think that he is going to be able to make your 3x uh, production value and uh, really pay off for you this week, even with a slightly higher price tag. I honestly, I like him too. I have him jotted down just because, um, just because you can be on the defense. I think a lot of people shy away as though you can't start a quarterback and uh, the opposing defense as though that's going to hurt or, or cannibalize yourself somehow. Uh, but like you say, it's just not the case. Interceptions don't necessarily, they're not detrimental. They don't kill a quarterback, but they are everything to, uh, defensive scoring. And of course, if you can get a, you know, um, pick six, now you're in the money. That doesn't affect Andrew Lux points necessarily. So I think Andrew Lux is a great one. He's, it's a high implied total, or at least it's a high over under. Um, Indy has a lower implied team total. I think it opened at 23, I want to say. Uh, but they're seven point underdogs. So to me, that, that's that negative game script. They're going to be passing. If you look at football outsiders against wide receiver number ones, they're giving up 103 yards per game. Uh, so the Green Bay is giving up 103 yards per game. So I, I do like a lot of the wide receivers. I'm going to be talking about them from Indy and I do like a luck. I think that's a good one. Uh, a pivot off a of luck right in the same neighborhood. A guy we already talked about. So I'm not going to add too much to it, but Dak Prescott. 6,100, so we're talking, what, 600 less than Luck. A uh, bit more expensive, 7,600 on FanDuel. Uh, Luck is 8,000 on FanDuel. Um, already talked him up, don't have too much to say, except I, I'm all over this Dallas game. And <laughs> as I said earlier, 
Dak has been great since his first game. Hasn't gone sub-17 points, uh, according to FF Today. Uh, I think there's going to be lots of opportunity for him to score and maybe even get one in on the ground. I think uh, Dak's a great play at that price point. I got one more guy. Uh, any other ones you want to talk about? Any other quarterbacks? Yeah, and this is somebody that you also mentioned earlier, so I won't go too much into it, but it's Case Keenum. Only $5,000 on DraftKings and uh, 6300 on FanDuel. So uh, I won't I won't reiterate all the points that you made earlier. He's playing a horrendous Panthers secondary, so he is bas- he's basically free as far as quarterbacks go and uh, could end up paying off for you. Definitely a GPP play, I believe. Yeah, for sure. GPP play, uh, you know, with cash games, I want some security. I want floor there. Not sure you're going to get it on Case Keenum, but you can save a bunch of money. And if he does hit, you're going to spend up at other positions. So, you know, I like that. I, I like him for streaming. Going to be no surprise. My main guy, my official pick in, I, you know what? I'm so confident in him. I think it's going to be my only quarterback this week is, uh, of course, Andrew Luck, 9,100 FanDuel. 7,800 DraftKings, talked a lot about this. Packers home to Colts, 53 points over under, 7-point favorites, 30-point implied total. But the real thing, though, Indy giving up 7th most raw PPR points to running backs, and you say, well, wait a minute, how does that affect Rodgers? Well, really, their run game is basically their short yardage passing game. (laughs) So to me... Rodgers is going to have his hand in basically every piece of this offense. There is a really good chance that if a touchdown is scored, it will come from, one, Rodgers has the legs, which we haven't seen as much, but let's not forget he does. Two, even if it's quote-unquote what they call a rush, its chances are it's a little dump-off play to Montgomery. And Rodgers is, of course, going to score for that. Um, lots of things that you could say. As I said, they're, they're giving up, uh, a ton. They've allowed double digit. Indy has allowed double digit points to all opposing quarterbacks except Simeon. Not even sure how much he counts. Stafford, Bortles, Hoyer all scored over 20 fantasy points. They're allowing the third highest quarterback rating. Uh, before the Thursday night game, they were giving up the second most yards per game at almost 288 passing yards per game. And at home, Rodgers tosses a touchdown, one out of every 14 passes. Now, since their bye, in his three home games, he's averaging just under 48 passes per game. As I said, he's tossing at home a touchdown every 14. He's averaging 48. Even if you want to do the math the other way, in his career (laughs) against Indy, Rodgers is tossing a touchdown once every 15 passes. Whichever way you slice it, you're talking three touchdown minimum. I already said earlier, Rodgers was second in red zone touches. I red zone attempts, excuse me. I love me some Aaron Rodgers so much so that he's the poster boy for episode 51 this week. (laughs) All right, man. What about uh, the running back spot? If we're uh, looking in the rear view mirror here, uh, I've often thrown out a bunch of guys, and you're shooting again for 3x value. Now, if you added up total, 14, I'm trying to read my own math here, I believe I'm at 3.69, doing pretty well. Yes, very um, well. If you look at my last five running back picks, they've all gone over 3.3. 
Uh, I've got some good ones in there. I had an eight pointer week one, which is really, you know, helping. <laughs> uh, Spencer Ware, 4,400 yeah. week one, scored 35.9 points. Uh, Hyde over three points. Uh, Freeman over four points. So I've done really well with running backs so far. Um, I'm going to take a 3.69 all day long. Absolutely. I've, boy, I like a lot here and I always hate to do this. I like to pick more than one, but I'm really, I'm feeling, I suppose, two at the most. Um, uh, let me start off with my two and I'm just going to be quick. Okay. Charkandrick West. He's one of my official ones. We've yep. talked about him earlier. Already discussed him. Just going to say his price. 5,600 FanDuel, 4,400 DraftKings. Great opportunity. Uh, the other one, don't have a whole bunch to say, but Elliot, uh, double E, Ezekiel, 9,200 FanDuel, 7,900 DraftKings. So you got to score some points if you're going to shoot for that 3X, but as I said, this team is going to score a lot of points. This team is seven-point road favorites. That is a, a running game script behind perhaps one of the greatest offensive lines in, in the league this year. That's arguable, I suppose. Cleveland giving up second-most total rushing yards, 1150. Cleveland uh, giving up third-highest yards per carry, 4.8. In the last six games, Cleveland has allowed 11 running back touchdowns, nine through the ground, two through the air. So those are my two official ones. I got a few more jotted down, but uh, anyone you're looking at at the running back spot? Uh, Yeah, definitely Sharkandrick West with his price point of 4,400 uh, for DraftKings, 56 on FanDuel. I don't think that you're going to be able to get anything better than that. Uh, I think he can very well have that type of game that Spencer Ware had for you in week one. So I think that he is a, uh, a no-brainer play right there. Another one, uh, more of a higher-priced guy, I would say, is uh, DeMarco Murray. Just because there aren't many workhorses like him in the league uh, that are going like he is. I know he's had some entry concerns pop up this week, and so they might try to monitor his workload a little bit more. But this San Diego run defense is not the best in the world. I don't think that he's going to need to have 22 carries to have a productive afternoon. I think that he's a guy that's had a really solid floor and uh, I just I like having at least one guy like that in my lineup. If I'm going to be paying a higher price, I prefer for it to be a guy like him uh, that's had the floor that he's had. San Diego's given up 11 rushing touchdowns this season. So uh, I think that he's got a just as good a shot as any to get into the end zone at least once this weekend. I love it. I got him written down as well. Uh, great minds once again, Stephen. <laughs> The only other one I've got, we've already talked about Ingram. I think he's a great pivot because I think a lot of people are going to be off him after what happened last week. I think more people are going to gravitate towards Hightower. He's only 4,800 on DraftKings, 57 on FanDuel. Like I said, it's a great pivot. I'm doing it in GPP. I'm not playing it in cash. Uh, but against San Francisco, we've talked about them, you know, 5.1, uh, dead last in four for four is adjusted schedule. And that's against both in PPR formats and standard. Uh, so of course, FanDuel is half point PPR. Uh, DraftKings, you get the full. Saints, 27 implied total. And again, 5.1 is what San Fran is giving up. Going to have low ownership. How can you not like Ingram? Uh, except for the, you know, the big question is who's it going to be? It doesn't mean I'm, I'm not going to toss some. I'm going to have some ownership of Hightower, but maybe, you know, one, maybe two lineups where I could see Ingram. I could have five or six lineups with Ingram in them. So 
officially, I got Chuck Andrequest and Elliot. And uh, I like the DeMarco. I like Ingram. Hyde, Carlos Hyde, he's not even a bad player. I like him in that uh, same game there. Any other ones you want to talk about before we roll on to the next spot? Uh, Nope. Nope. I'm good. I'm good to move on to the wide receivers. All right. Wide receivers, man. I've got a ton written down. Don't have too much to say about a lot, but uh, before I kick it over to you, because I'm guessing you're going to have a few that I have as well. Uh, wide receivers, I've struggled a bit, not doing as well. Uh, again, you're shooting for 3x value on DraftKings. Thus far, I've selected a total of 14 players through eight weeks, and I'm at 2.42. So struggling with my wide receiver picks, almost opposite. Where my running backs, I was over 3.3 for five straight picks in a row. Uh, I'm really struggling. Last three picks, I've been under two points. So week eight. Ooh. I had Evans, Hopkins, and Marshall week eight, and they all killed me. They were all under 1.5x value, Evans, Hopkins, Marshall. So I I think the process was there. Uh, Evans, of course, scored this week. Marshall, he's he's getting the targets. He's just not getting the touchdowns. He's getting red zone looks as well. Hopkins had a great matchup last week. So the process was there. They just didn't pan out last week, and that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Uh, Wide receivers, who are you liking, sir? Uh, first up I've got for this week is going to be Dante Moncrief, the 5,800 on DraftKings, 6,100 on FanDuel. Now I have to admit I've got a little bit of a bias on Dante Moncrief. I loved him coming into the season. So, uh, I just, I, I, now that he's back, I'm, that love has rekindled and is burning bright yet again. Um, and I just, I don't know if there's much not to like about him. Andrew Luck obviously loves the guy. He's got a touchdown in each of the games that he has started and finished this season. T.Y. Hilton has been banged up this week. I believe he was officially off the injury report after Friday's practice. But with the type of injuries that he's been dealing with, it seems like all season, you never know what could happen during the game. And so I think Moncrief is just somebody that's got a high floor. He seems to be a possession guy for the Indianapolis Colts offense. And he's got a really high touchdown potential. Not only does he have those touchdowns this year, if you remember last year, in the games played with him and Andrew Luck, he was also scoring a lot of TDs. So it's just they have some sort of chemistry together when they get down into the red zone. Uh, so if you're, you know, you want to stack some players in this game, we talked about Andrew Luck. I will take the cheaper of the wide receivers for the Colts and uh, we'll be going with Dante Moncrief on this one. Yeah, I too have Moncrief belief. I've been talking him up all year. In fact, when we did the mixtape, he was one of my guys that I, I talked about. I talked about, I think, him and Sims. Of course, they both hit by injury bug. But yep. like you say, last year, 33%, five of Luck's 15 TDs went to Moncrief. The man is the tallest starting wide receiver for the team. Comes in at 6'2", I think, Dwayne Allen 6'3". But out of the wide receivers, he's the tallest. And red zone, once they get in there, that's who Andrew Luck, and, Andrew Luck looks for. <laughs> uh, took me a minute to figure out what happened there. Uh, Green Bay, I, I've already said this because that's one of the reasons I like Luck. They're, they're giving up a ton and to wide receiver ones especially. And Hilton banged up, I think. We could easily see Moncrief get more looks, more touches, more points this week. And like you say, he's cheaper. Like that call a lot. I also like the, as I like the wide receivers for Indy. Of course, Moncrief is my dog, so got to go with him. On the other side of the ball, how can you not like uh, Jordy at 8,200 on FanDuel, 78 on DraftKings? Or even let's pivot down to Devontae Adams, who I love a lot. Now, Devontae, 7,100 FanDuel on DraftKings. 
He's nearly 2,000 less than Jordy Nelson. And wow. Yeah, he's 5,900 on DraftKings, where Jordy on DraftKings is 7,800, so about $2,000 less. How can you not like that in this game, which we've talked a lot about? Lots of scoring to be had here. They don't have much of a running game. And Devontae Adams has really had... Rogers' eye as of late. So I, I want pieces of this game. And you know what? I, I love doing that. I love double dipping on a game. Again, I'm not afraid to start the Green Bay Packers, even if the Colts are going to have a good game. That doesn't mean Andrew Luck's not going to give up some turnovers, throw some interceptions, get sacked as he has been doing all year. But that doesn't mean he's not going to also provide for his offense. They're going to eat at that table both sides of the table, and if the game script goes, if Vegas prognosticates properly, <laughs> this game is going to be good for both sides. And so really, rather than bet on one side or the other, I look at it as I'm betting on Vegas. I'm betting that Vegas is going to be correct. This is going to be one of the highest scoring games of the week. So I want teams or players on both sides. So I like both. Moncrief Hilton, going to take the cheaper of the two. Like Devontae Adams, Jordy Nelson, going to take the cheaper of the two there. Got a couple other ones. Anyone other ones? Uh, wide receivers that caught your eye this week in DFS. Yeah, just one more, and this is another uh, zig play, I guess you could say, and that's going to be Sammy Coates, only 4,300 on DraftKings, 5,500 on FanDuel. Definitely a boom or bust guy, so it doesn't really play well for the uh, PPR, but uh, just instead of another, instead of paying the high price for Antonio Brown, I think that Sammy Coates is due to get loose for a deep one against the Ravens' pass defense. They've given up the fourth most points to fantasy wide receivers so far this season. They don't give up a ton of yards, but they rank in the bottom 10 in pass plays, given up of 40 yards or more. And they also rank in the bottom 10 in uh, passing touchdowns allowed at 14 on the season. So Sammy Coates, before uh, heading into this bye week, was dealing with a finger laceration, and he had a broken thumb, I believe. And uh, as of today, he has taken off the injury report altogether. He is ready to roll for Sunday. So I think this Ravens defense can be beat deep, and I think that he's just about due for another one of those long touchdowns for this week. I had Sammy Coates jotted as well primarily uh, for the matchup. If you look at PFF, according to their cornerback wide receiver matchup chart, uh, Sammy Coach should be going up against Will Davis. Will Davis, he's giving up for every two routes run. He's giving up just over almost a full fantasy point for every two routes run. Uh, that is one of the highest out of all, I think it's 78 cornerbacks that they have listed right now uh, that are starting. You know, you've got a, a right, a left slot corner. Uh, that's one of the highest per route run. So he's got a nice matchup there. I'm a little leery about Big Ben coming back, but I love the matchup there. It could draw uh, Roethlisberger or, as we lovingly say, Acostas Furberger's eye. Um, <laughs> a couple others I'm going to toss out. Uh, I certainly love Dez. How can I not? Because I'm a cowboy addict this week. 7,800 Fandle, 74 on DraftKings. Uh, I'm all about that. Stacking him up with Dez, uh, even with double E, Ezekiel. Cooks, we've already talked about down New Orleans. Um, even Thomas, right? Cooks is 7,600 Fanduel, 7,500 DraftKings. Whereas Thomas, a little bit cheaper, 5,800 Fanduel, 5,500 DraftKings. Um, I, I'm probably going to get a little bit of both 
I'm going to probably lean towards Thomas. He seems to really be developing a rapport with them. This is a great game script facing a San Francisco team that gives it up both to running backs and wide receivers. Um, but I got my two guys here. I'm a little hesitant. See, I'm not sure which way I want to go. I love the Moncrief. I love the Hilton. I love Devontae. I love Nelson. I can even throw Monty out there. Now, I love Adams more if Monty's not in there. But I got a couple of curveballs. I'm not sure. I'm not giving out my official pick yet, but hear me out. Allen Robinson. I know what's happened as of late. <laughs> I understand the hate that's been thrown down. I don't think it's Allen Robinson. It's, it's obviously his quarterback, Mr. Bortles. I don't know what happened from one year to the next, but that's that's uh, for an Oprah show, not what we're going to cover here. <laughs> 6,700 on Fandle, 6,900 on DraftKings. Jacksonville, major underdogs, nine-point underdogs. They're going to need to pass early and often. While Kansas City wants to run and play D, the Jags are currently running plays at the third fastest clip behind San Francisco and the Giants. Again, volume of opportunity. There's going to be lots of plays. Jacksonville actually outplacing New Orleans, who is fourth fastest right now. Now, versus wide receivers, Chiefs have given up the fifth most raw, just total PPR points, fifth most. Football Outsiders ranks them 21st against the position, against the wide receiver position. In the past, Moncrief, uh, Hilton, of course, plays the slot, but Moncrief scored a touchdown last week against the uh, Kansas City D. Amari Cooper, 10 catches, 129 yards. Antonio Brown, two touchdowns. He's Antonio Brown. But before that, Marshall targeted 10 times in the same week that Anunwood was targeted 11 times. The problem there was not the receivers. Much like Jacksonville, the problem was fits the quarterback. <laughs> the week before that, DeAndre Hopkins, 113 and a TD. So going up against wide receiver ones, as I said, Football Outsiders ranks them 21st, 21st best against wide receiver ones. So they're, you know, bottom third against that position. They have a track record for giving up a lot of points to wide receiver ones. If there is going to be a week that Robinson can give his owners some respite, if that's the word, a bit of recovery, a bit of hope. I think this might be the week. The game script is set up. The opponent is set up for him. So I like me some Allen Robinson. Uh, a guy I'm going to officially pick, though, I'm debating if he's going to be my only one. You know what? I'm going to probably just go ahead and toss out Devonte Adams, and I'm going to probably go ahead and toss out Moncrief because I've got Moncrief belief hat all year. So, <laughs> Moncrief and Devonte have them both in my league of note, my league of record. So those are my two official uh, DFS picks and Kelvin Benjamin. Uh, oh, 7,400 7, on FanDuel, 68 on DraftKings, had at least nine targets in four games this year. Two games ago, the man saw 14 targets. He came out on fire. But it's not been the same, and he hasn't been as cheap, not since week two. So 6,800 on DraftKings, that is cheap, at least for uh, his track record thus, thus far this year. I know he's on the road against a tough L.A. in a low-projected, low-scoring D, but or low-scoring game. He should face Troy Hill. Benjamin has six inches and 65 pounds on this cornerback. According to PFF, Hill is giving up one fantasy point for every two routes run. I was talking a minute ago 
why I liked a wide receiver because the opposing quarterback was giving up 0.9 fantasy points for every two routes run. Hill is giving up one full point for every <laughs> route run. I think that's the most out of all 78. Out of 78 starting corners, you got a right, you got a left, you got a slot. Out of 78 starting corners, remember there are six teams on by, so there are 78 starters. Hill, his allowance of one full fantasy point for every two is the most out of every single starter. It gets worse. PFF grades 112 cornerbacks this week. Hill is number 107. Now, LA is not employed to shadow technique, so I don't think they're going to shadow anybody necessarily. I really think Hill is going to be the one that predominantly matches up on Benjamin. Uh, uh, Calvin Benjamin, he plays the left side 51% of the time. That's the same side that Hill plays 76% of the time. But let's just say that other little bit that Hill might not be on him, he's going to be on EJ Gaines, who is giving up 0.91 fantasy points for every two routes run. So either way you cut it, I like Calvin Benjamin this matchup. I think he gets right this week. My three officials, Moncrief, Mr. Adams, and KB, that is Kelvin Benjamin. All right, man, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty here. Tight end, I don't have too much to say, but uh, in, in weeks past, um, weeks past, it's, it's a bit dodgy, but I think I've, <laughs> I've done pretty well. There's been some weeks where it's been awful, but hasn't been awful in quite some time. In fact, uh, the worst I believe I've done was week five. That was my only time I was under, I believe, two points. Maybe there. Oh no. Yep. Uh, Walker, week six. However, ah. I know. But let's not <laughs> live in the ditch. Let's climb the mountain. Uh, thus far, shooting for three x. I'm at three point seven. So doing well. Doing well with tight end. Although it's been rough as of late. But three point seven. I'm gonna take that. I got a couple listed. Who are you liking this week for tight end DFS? Well, actually, the two guys that I've got listed down are two guys that we have already talked about quite a bit, so I don't have too much more to add on them. First one's going to be Antonio Gates, 3,000 on DraftKings, 5,500 on FanDuel. Uh, and then the next one's going to be Eric Ebron, 3,100 on DraftKings and 5,400 on FanDuel. So we, uh, we were talking pretty extensively about them already, so I don't really have too much more to add. Get him in there for the reasons that we explain why we like him so much as streamers this week. Yeah, I like those guys. Uh, as we have often said on the light, you, you can take our streamer calls and DFS. And it, it, just because I like one for a streamer doesn't mean I don't like him DFS. Uh, same thing with the tight end picks there. I got four guys that are all right in the same field. So I'm not going to talk about a ton of them. Barnage, 3,900 DraftKings, 5,200 on FanDuel. Cleveland on the road to Dallas, likely facing a negative game script. And uh, in schedule adjusted, Dallas ranks 28th against the position. On the other side of the ball, same game, Witten, 3,700 on DraftKings. So 200 bucks less, 5,200, same price on FanDuel. Again, Dallas is a high-scoring game. They're seven-point favorites, and Cleveland is god-awful against the running back, or against the tight end spot, second most raw fantasy points given. Doyle, I'm back on him. Didn't like him last week, but I like him this week. Everybody was on him from the week before last week, so I thought I would pivot off him. Plus, he had a terrible matchup, and Moncrief was back. I understand Moncrief is still back, but for 3600 I think it's a good call. A lot of people are going to be off him, so I think he's going to be low-owned because of what happened last week. 
And he could be a nice pivot off of Hilton in GPP. We've talked about Moncrief. He could be a nice pivot there as well. Somebody's going to score some touchdowns. And just in case most people are on Moncrief or Hilton, Doyle might be a nice kind of solo play to just start one Colt, and it could be Doyle. Just an interesting play if you're playing a lot of GPP. I think that could be an interesting one. Um, Lux is going to be passing a lot, of course. We've already talked about that. Last one, how can you not like Rudolph? 5,000 FanDuel, 4,000 DraftKings. Faces Detroit, my beloved Lions, who, of course, are giving up the most raw points to the position. Only three tight ends have more targets so far this season than Rudolph. And what a team to play against, the Lions. So Barnage, Witten, Doyle, uh, they're all priced very, very similarly. So I'm going to go ahead and take the most expensive one with uh, Rudolph going against the team who is the worst against that position, Detroit. So I'm taking Rudolph officially. All right, sir, strap on the thinking cap because we got question number four. All right. All right, brother. As you know, the wealth, or excuse me, excuse me, back up, back up. Here we go. (laughs) In keeping with the bests and the worsts, kind of a theme of my trivia questions tonight, there's one team. One team that is allowing a league low, 183.9 passing yards per game. So out of all 32 teams, who is allowing the least amount of passing yards per game? I want you to think about that. Folks at home, mull that over, and we will be right back on the Pyro Light Podcast, episode 51. All right. Pyromaniacs, as I started to say a bit too soon. Too bad we didn't have the flex capacitor handy. <laughs> Could have got this puppy going 88 miles an hour. But as you know, uh, podcast listeners, uh, you really help us out when you leave reviews. And we are not above flat-out bribery here at Pyromaniacs. So uh, we recently have tossed out three Walter Payton posters. I uh, looked behind me. There is my wonderful Walter Payton poster uh, behind me. Only 85 were done uh, for the 85 Bears. We sent three out just this week, although we uh, announced the winner about two weeks ago. We just sent them out this week. They are in the mail. I've already emailed everybody to let them know they're coming. We're going to do kind of the same thing. We're giving away a $50 at, uh, shopnfl.com gift card. That's going to be on the Friday show, the Friday Pyro Light show leading up to week 12. I believe that's November 25th. If I'm not mistaken, that's right after Thanksgiving. Uh, you could be the next winner. All you have to do is leave us a review wherever you listen to us. iTunes, Spreaker, what have you. Leave us a review, and then all you got to do is copy and paste, grab a screenshot, and send it on over to me. You can find my uh, email on my Twitter account. That's PyromaniacMo. Or you can just email it to me. It's mozambique at pyromaniac.com. Send over proof, and we're going to enter you in the contest to win $50 gift card to shopnfl.com. All right. Uh, Trivia question number four. As I said, the bests and the worsts tonight. And indeed, there is one defense out there. Of course, there always is. One defense that is the best against passing yards per game. They're allowing 183.9. So this is the best defense in the league against passing. Which defense is it? 
Uh, I'm going to say with a little bit of confidence here that it is my beloved Denver Broncos. You, sir, are in fuego tonight. Denver Denver Broncos, one of three that's allowing less than 200 yards per game. Uh, Houston allowing 190.5 and the Cardinals 194.9, one of three. But Denver, I'm going to talk about them in my fade, why I might not start a particular wide receiver uh, against Denver because they are tough against wide receivers. Speaking of tough defenses, I believe that's all we have to do in the DFS. Really, we got a few more fun plays coming up, but which defense are you looking at, Steve, in DFS? Uh, for DFS this week, I really am just taking either one of the uh, Monday night defenses that you can afford. If you can afford the Seahawks at 3900 on DraftKings or 4900 on FanDuel, I'd love to get them in there. But if you're going a little bit cheaper on the defense, the Bills at only 2800 uh, I think is a really good play on 2800 on DraftKings, 4200 on FanDuel. Talked earlier about how the Seahawks offense just is not what it, it used to be, definitely not what it was at the end of last season. So people need to get that out of their minds and understand that this team is just not putting up very much, very many points. I know playing in Seattle is definitely a hard place to play, but until they can show that they are able to you know, get into the end zone, I'm not going to have a problem throwing up a defense against them. So the Bills defense, which has been very solid throughout the season so far, I think is getting a very good price, so you're getting a good value on them. And uh, everyone knows what the Seahawks defense is. So if you can afford them, the Bills offense definitely doesn't scare me. It does look like LaShawn McCoy is going to be back, but he's going to be still nursing that hamstring injury just a little bit. So they're not going to be full go on offense. And it's just uh, both of these offense in this game not scaring me in the least. Yeah, I like the Seattle there. Certainly uh, only two teams have more sacks. They were one of the teams that I wrote down. Two teams have more sacks. And according to Football Outsiders, Buffalo's adjusted sack ranking 31st. So you got a team that gives it up against a team that goes out and gets it in Seattle. Uh, so I like that Seattle call. I also like the Vikings. How can you not? I, I don't think last week is a turning point or anything. I, I really think we are, who, they are who we thought they were through <laughs> the first, uh, seven weeks of the season. Don't judge them on week eight against the Bears. Bit of an anomaly. I like the Vikings at home to the Lions. Uh, Vikings, 20 sacks. Only seven teams have more. Lions have a low implied team total. But you got to spend up 4000 3900 for Seattle. I almost might like Seattle a bit better there just because of the sacks. Uh, but I've got two official ones here. Green Bay, already talked about them. They're super cheap. 2700 on DraftKings. They're, I'm not going to play them on FanDuel. They're 5400 on FanDuel, which I just don't get. Uh, DraftKings, <laughs> I'm playing them all day, but... Out of, I've got three defenses listed. Green Bay, unless I wrote this down wrong, Green Bay is the most expensive on FanDuel and the cheapest on DraftKings. So quite a discrepancy there. Um, they are my official call on FanDuel, or on, I'm sorry, on DraftKings. That's what I play. And then I'm also going to throw out the Chiefs. 3,500 on DraftKings, 5,100 FanDuel. Home to the Jags. Arrowhead's a tough place to play. Jags are not playing that well. Not even expected to score 19. Chiefs lead the league with 11 interceptions. Blake Bortles has tossed nine. Only two teams have tossed more. So that's where I think you're going to get your gravy. Seattle, you're going to get it with the sacks. Chiefs, you're going to get it uh, with interceptions. My two official calls defensively, Green Bay and the Chiefs. And I think I forgot to say, but looking in the rearview mirror here, uh, I'm at 2.91 for defensive plays. Just below my 3x goal, so not doing too bad there. 
All right. Uh, last few things. Uh, real quick, brother. What stack play are you going with? And, and just to note, I, I never say this to, to guests I'm going to have on, but maybe to the listeners out there, stack doesn't just mean wide receiver and uh, quarterback. You could do all kinds of things. You can stack more than one wide receiver. You can stack a running back quarterback and wide receiver. Uh, a lot of times I've seen people, and I like to do often, I think I had one of these on our daily do's and don'ts, which you can get on pyromaniac.com. I often will stack a running back and a defense. So I think a lot of people think it's just quarterback wide receiver, but it's not. It's just essentially volume of opportunity. You're pl- you're placing a bet on a team, whether that team's going to run the ball and play defense whether that team's going to have a great passing game, whatever. You're placing a bet on opportunity. So where do you see opportunity on a certain team this week? Uh, for this one, and it might be a little bit of a homer pick, but a stack that I like is actually stacking Trevor Simeon with Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Now, Trevor Simeon is definitely the one that kind of makes you think think twice about it. He has not been great. He's fantasy's 27th ranked quarterback right now, not averaging a huge amount of points, although he's only a few points behind Russell Wilson. So, I mean, I know Russell Wilson hasn't been great either, but where you're getting the good stack numbers from is from those wide receivers. You're getting Demarius Thomas and you're getting Emmanuel Sanders, both guys that are top 20 wide receivers right now. They're actually stacked back to back in our uh, uh, half point PPR scoring. So I, they're both guys that are getting a lot of opportunity. They're going against this Raiders secondary that is ranked 23rd against fantasy wide receivers. So I just think that the cheapness of the quarterback and the quality of the two wide receivers that you're getting is enough to uh, to really make that kind of stack pay off for you this week. Well, I got let me get your uh, your take on this. I, I kind of called out Simeon a little bit earlier, but as you say, you're a bit of a homer. So. <laughs> Do you like him going forward? Is he the quarterback that you feel is Denver? You've, you've got a, a young guy there, Paxton Lynch, sort of breathed down his neck. A lot of folks are talking about a couple of years younger. Uh, the body of the gods, as one of our old uh, hosts used to say, six seven. Uh, you like Simeon though as your quarterback? Uh, as of right now, I'd say that the uh, I can't say that I'm 100% sold on him. I have liked some of the things that I've seen from him. I like that he doesn't turn the ball over a ton, but it is the kind of the same thing that was going on with Brock Osweiler when he was there last year. Nothing really flashy. He's not turning the ball over because he's not taking a lot of chances, but we have seen this season that he does have the potential to do that. In week three in his game against Cincinnati, he threw for over 300 yards and four touchdowns, and that was on the road. So you know that the potential for him to have these type of games is there. I uh, don't think that the offense is really asking too much of him. They're definitely relying on the strength of that defense and the Gary Kubiak running offense is, uh, you know, definitely trying to get working and, you know, with Devontae Booker taking over there now, I think that they're really having an emphasis on that run game, but I do think that he's done a very serviceable job. He's not doing, he's not doing too much to lose the game, which is all I can really hope for out of him right now. I don't know if he's necessarily the answer there going forward though. Well, you know, uh, Elway's done a, done a great job, I think. Um, and it'll be interesting to see. You know, I've heard a lot of talk about Dak Prescott. I've heard, uh, some folks kind of bad mouthing Simeon, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see, especially with the running back changeover, uh, to see if he's game manager or if he can kind of step up a little bit here. My stack is the triple stack, uh, Dak 
double E in Des <laughs> down in Dallas. That's enough D's for you there. Uh, but I'm going to do all three. Dak, uh, Des, and Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, it's an often underused strategy to use the running back wide receiver and a quarterback, uh, but it can pay off. Uh, you'd be surprised how many millionaire makers are going to have all three in a lineup. I think it's a, it's a unique GPP play. And of course you, you got to narrow it down and I'm narrowing it down to the Cowboys. I told you I had a lot of love for them. They're expected to score one of the highest implied team totals of the week and they could have a lot of points and, and I like it spread out amongst my Dallas players. Uh, what guy or guys are you fading this week? Guys you are avoiding in DFS. Uh, I just have one guy written down here, but I think it could kind of, it might trickle throughout the team and that is going to be Amari Cooper. Uh, <laughs> You know, tow, highly touted wide receiver for the Raiders. He is 7,700 in DraftKings this week. He's the fourth most expensive wide receiver. And you just said how good the Denver uh, secondary is against uh, wide receivers. They only give up 183 passing yards a game. So if you're talking about trying to find where the most potential opportunity comes from, that is screaming that there might not be a lot in that game. So he's a guy that in DraftKings I'm definitely not getting anywhere near, probably won't be touching any of the Oakland offense this week, which is rare because they're all such highly coveted offensive players in weekly fantasy. I'm telling you, we we might really consider this uh, twins study thing. (laughs) Not that I have exactly that, but I picked Crabtree. Yeah. Uh, Same team, uh, and again, some of the same reasons, facing the vaunted Denver D. Uh, now, according, it's kind of a coin, coin toss. I went with Crabtree, though, because I'm thinking he's going to get uh, Tlaib. Now, Actually, I think it came out today that Tlaib's probably not going to be playing on sa- on Sunday. Oh, really? Yes. So that was the one reason that I was really saying Crabtree. However, if that is indeed the case, then I'm with you, uh, just because Tlaib plays that same side all the time, and that's where Crabtree lines up more of the time. Uh, so that's why I was off Crabtree. If Tlaib is out, then I'm with you just because of all the things you said. So I, I like the call uh, quite a bit, sir. Um, what you talking about, Willis? This is the last one of the week. Uh, we've got guys that are basically minimum priced. So within $500 on DraftKings is the one I play most often. Um, bottom of the barrel, but a dart throw, if you will. A guy you're going to maybe take a chance on that can really provide some value. I got three guys written down. Who are you taking for the What You Talking About Willis play? All right. My first one is going to be a uh, a running back, and this is definitely dependent on Carlos Hyde, which as of right now does not seem like he is going to be able to suit up. He has mispracticed all week with a non-contact jersey on. Does not seem like he's been... Uh, cleared to take contact on that shoulder sprain that he's working with. So for a minimum on DraftKing for $3,000, it seems like Dewan Harris is actually going to end up starting this game. It seems like he's leapfrogged Mike Davis and Sean Drone, and uh, he's going to be the starting running back for the uh, San Francisco 49ers against that terrible Saints run defense that we've brought up numerous times on this podcast tonight. So I think that he is a great sneaky play if Carlos Hyde does in fact end up being out. Dewan Harris is going to be a very, very cheap uh, running back play that not a lot of, that maybe not a lot of people are going to have in their lineup this week. 
I love that because uh, I actually threw out Hyde as a possible play against that New Orleans uh, team, which can be susceptible to the running backs. Um, and I do know he was in that non-contact jersey. Uh, but looking at the news now, yeah, uh, Hyde does not seem likely to play, um, which according to RotoWire. So I, I like that call a lot because I was kind of on a San Francisco running back. So uh, kudos. Good one. Um, I like the take. Uh, I've got three guys listed. One of them we already mentioned. So two of them we actually already mentioned. I'm going to throw out here Tyreek Hill. We already talked, uh, Tyreek Hill. We already talked about him. 3,400. So on the minimum on DraftKings is 3,000. As I said, incredible matchup versus Mr. D House, Devon House, uh, rated in triple digits. <laughs> they only rank 112 guys and this guy is triple digits according to BFF. That's who he's going to see. The guy is super quick. Uh, he's been scoring as of late, and with the Foles, who tosses out that deep ball, we could have some sneaky play. I like him in a GPP. What other guy you you talking for a cheap dart throw play? Uh, what you talking about Willis play, if you will? Uh, another guy I will talk about is going to be uh, Dontrell Inman. Now, I like this a little bit more before all the news came out that uh, Travis Benjamin and Tyrell Williams, who were both limited all week, uh, are yeah. seem to be on track to suit up this weekend. Uh, but Dontrell Inman is somebody that's still over the last three weeks in terms of wide receivers. They he's almost getting as many targets as those other two guys. Like I said, I was uh, under the assumption that maybe Benjamin wasn't going to be playing. He's uh, nursing a PCL sprain in his knee, so that would have opened up a few more targets for Inman. So I still think that he could be a bit of a sneaky play at 3100 for DraftKings. But I'll go with uh, Lance Kendricks, uh, tight end for the Rams. We talked about uh, Case Keenum and why we liked him and how terrible the Panthers are against the tight end. So he's 2,900, 400 above the tight end minimum. So I think that he could be a very nice, uh, sneaky GPP play. And he scored a few touchdowns this season as well. So you know that he does have the talent to do that. I like that, and I, I like you tossing out the names because uh, I believe I saw on I probably Roto-Wire today, uh, but I think it came from the San Diego Union Tribune uh, that both guys, as you mentioned, Benjamin uh, and Williams, are expected to go after being limited in practice this week. But it can be crazy on a Sunday afternoon when these guys are warming up. You don't know what's going to happen. And if a guy's been injured and if he's been held out during the week, especially uh, if he's limited on Friday, um, you never know what's going to happen. So I like telling the listeners a guy that's been listed as questionable or a guy that earlier in the week we thought might not play because one that just raises your awareness uh, for what to watch out for. And if indeed something like that hits, you've got a plan B. So I really appreciate you bringing up the Inman call. I, I like having that. And Lord knows in fantasy football, you need a plan B. Absolutely. God knows what's going to happen come Sunday. Uh, Montgomery last week. Huh? Yeah, and <laughs> who has it? Who doesn't have a fantasy story about you know not being diligent and and checking the news and just having a guy plugged in there and all of a sudden you you know you're you're on your phone checking your stats like wait a minute what the heck why isn't he scoring and then come to find out you know something happens and uh, warm ups he was out drinking and he got benched or whatever <laughs> there's so much that can happen so I, I like you bringing that up that's a perfect call uh, another guy we've already talked about. Same teams, uh, Antonio Gates, he is 3,000 on DraftKings. The league minimum for, or at least the DraftKings minimum for a tight end is 2,500. 
I've already talked about my crazy love for him, the crazy red zone usage he's getting, as well as his quarterback, uh, that narrative street that he could be the all-time tight end touchdown leader, and they've really been going to him. Whether that has uh, made its way to the box score or not, they are really targeting him, and they're passing at him a lot. Uh, as I said, air yards last two of the three weeks, he's led the team, and Hunter Henry's out, so I think that's going to be uh, big for him. I like spending down at the tight end position a little bit, because honestly, with tight ends, if you get a touchdown, you're pretty much set. You're doing well. So if I can save some money on my tight ends, 3000 on Antonio Gates, I'm happy to do that. Got one more. Uh, do you have any more guys you want to mention? Uh, the last guy I had on here was quarterback. It was Nick Foles, who we've talked about yeah, at yeah. almost too much, I would say, tonight. So 5200 <laughs> on DraftKings, 200 above the minimum for quarterbacks at 5000 So uh, he is definitely another another zig play there. Yeah, he, he is a, he's a good uh, zig play, as you say, and you just don't know what's going to happen with him. Um, he, he's kind of a de-gaffer. He'll just toss it up, and uh, <laughs> he could strike. Uh, my guy, Capri Bibbs, Booker was limited practice Thursday, Friday, although I've read he's going to go. Uh, he's just one to watch, just in case, as we just said, something happens. And from what I've been able to tell, he Booker looks to be fine. But anytime the guy's been limited, two days in a row, especially on Friday, it causes me to put him on my radar. So Bibbs, only uh, 3,500 on DraftKings, going against Oakland, who comes in at 23rd best against the position on DraftKings. Could be a, an interesting play just in case plans go awry come Sunday morning. All right, sir. That brings us to the end of the Pyro Light podcast, episode 51. And uh, Stephen Marcus at Sid Skeet, thank you for joining me today. Hey, no problem, man. It was absolutely a blast. Love talking fantasy football all the time. So definitely a pleasure to be on the Pyro Light podcast. Good stuff. Good stuff. Very happy to be here. Absolutely. And I'm sorry I didn't do this earlier, but uh, the Falafel House, give us a little bit of plug. Uh, what do you guys do over there? Well, Falafel House, we are actually uh, a podcast that started on the Fantasy Life app. And if you've not heard of the Fantasy Life app, it's somewhere where it's an app, obviously, that you could download. And it's basically a social a social community for people that love fantasy sports. So you go on there, people are posting memes, questions, polls, asking about their lineups, looking for lineup help. And I started a league on there last year and, uh, and it was Falafel, started a chat in the league. Uh, for everybody on the app to join and a few of us guys really you know kind of got together and decided that we wanted to talk about fantasy football we wanted to have talk more about it and so we started the podcast and uh, the league has just blown up into something that is you know, far beyond more than we could ever imagine that it really would be it's turned into a league where we have two leagues below us that we get relegated into for losing so if you lose the league you're in, you drop down into the one below you. If you win that league, you go up into the one ahead of you. And uh, it's just been a lot of fun. Our chat has been one of the strongest chats. It's been the top trending chat on the app for the last 14 months. And it's just somewhere where anyone can go in there and uh, shoot the breeze about fantasy. And it's always someone there talking about it. So I encourage everybody to download the app, go join the Falafel chat, and uh, check it out. It's just it's good stuff, good source of information for anyone that's looking for it. Well, I've enjoyed uh, the podcast. Uh, you've, you've given me some knowledge and some enjoyment as I've been uh, <laughs> jogging and uh, driving to work and whatnot. Uh, so thank you. Uh, you guys do a great job. I'm a fan. So thank you. 
Awesome. That's great to hear. And I know we listened to a bunch of a bunch of the podcasts in the network, but I know we've listened to yours. Uh, we've talked about it off air, you know, in our chats, pre-production, all that kind of stuff. So we're very happy with the stuff that you do and are fans of yours as well. All right. Thank you, sir. It, uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on. And uh, Pyromaniacs, as promised, stay tuned for a little Curtis Mayfield pusher man to take you on out of here. And until the next time, we will catch you on the flip side.
You can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.